Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is the Joe Pag Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on. Lots to get to. Lots to talk about. I do appreciate you choosing to listen to the Joe Pag Show tonight. We've got Liz Harrington at the bottom of the hour. She's a spokesperson for the 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. He's always on. I think he flew into Dallas today. He's going to be in Austin on Saturday. He was in Pennsylvania in the rain last week. He just doesn't seem to care. Ohio not too long ago. Um, and, and by not caring, I mean in a very good way. He's going to get out there, get the America uh, America First agenda out there. You know, Carrie, you see how the, the way the guy lives? He could just retire and just chill at Mar-a-Lago. It's gorgeous. Yes, he could. I know. Isn't it so beautiful out there? You know what I mean? So well manicured, like I was like, the lawns, the chandeliers. I felt like I just... I felt like I should clean up the dishes. I was like, I, <laughs> you, probably you know what I mean? Have. I felt like I should can yeah. I get your order. Can I get you some more water, sir? And I was oh, like on the lady. receiving end, which was very interesting. Now I used to play my saxophone when I was a teenager at the Breakers of Palm Beach. What? You and it's saxophone? another droid. Sorry. You know, I was a journalist for a long time and won and you a lot won of awards. Many, many yeah. AP awards. Yes, many won. awards. Yes, but yes. Um, you know, I, so I used to play the saxophone at the Breakers. I was like sixteen, seventeen, and I had to wear like this. You know, um, I, I guess it tux, lack of a better term. It wasn't like a full tux, mm-hmm. but uh, I had to wear a bow tie and whatever. And on the break, we would play for forty and rest for twenty. People would ask me for more roast beef. They, would, they thought <laughs> I was like part the of the, You know what I mean? <laughs> That's funny. Yes, please take this away, boy, garçon, mm. and uh, and bring us something different. So, yeah, it, it, he could live that life and never worry about it again. But instead, yeah. the guy's putting himself out there constantly. But it just it boggles the mind because most people getting to his I level. I wouldn't want to do that. I don't go through that you wouldn't again. Do it. But, yeah. You wouldn't put your family through it. Mm. You wouldn't do any of that. But the guy has put love of country first. That's why he's always so strange to me when somebody on the opposite side of the political fray tries to pretend like he's not putting country for it. It's very weird on a Tuesday. That's awfully loud. <laughs> right, Chocolate Voice? That's right. Can't wait for next hour. If you had whatever billions, <laughs> would you continue to go campaign in the in the rain? No, I would you not. You know what I mean? I would not. I'd be 70 something years old. Somewhere. Got yes. billions of dollars. You mm. live on the beach. I mean, Mar Lego's on the beach mm. in Palm Beach. And he's out there flying Amazing. to, you know, where it's raining or where, you know, people people are protesting and everything he else. He just he wants, he wants to get the message out there. By the way, that's Polo. That is Sam getting it done. Is Sam, will we see a puppy for the stream at some point tonight or not? Well, you already did, if you were watching. If you were watching, that's right. Don't be late to the stream. What's the matter with you? So Liz Harrington at the bottom of the hour, we talk about, no, just today... She tweeted out a couple of endorsements that Trump is putting out there. I talked to her about the endorsement process. I talked to her about him flying around everywhere. I talked to her about 2,000 mules and uh, the fact that so many are trying to get you to not watch this movie. And what's interesting about that, we'll get into it with Liz in a, in a bit, but what's interesting about that is as we're talking about 2,000 mules, 
Dinesh's site was attacked. 2000mules.com was attacked. Rumble was attacked for showing it. If it's so, if it's so easily debunked, why are they, why are they attacking it? Leave it alone, right? Exactly. I mean, that, that would just make sense, wouldn't it? Uh, it would. I mean, yeah. if, if it's no good, it. do your fact check and leave it alone. Why would mm-hmm. you have to say anything about mm-hmm. it? I think it'd be kind of crazy, right? It would be very crazy. So, um, so kind of interesting. Uh, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. I just want to make sure that, yeah, Liz is going to be this hour and Tracy will be next hour. So um, we will talk about 2,000 mules. We'll get to that. Before we do that, though, there's a woke story that I want to get to. And it never it's never made any sense to me why we insist on changing the language to stop people from ever being critical. I think being critical is part of what we do. Like I'll give you an example. I have this new graphic that I'm using for me, and I'll, I'll use this for everybody else starting tomorrow. And, um, and somebody in the chat room decided they would tell me, yeah, I like the old one better. And he's allowed to, I'm fine with that. I don't want him arrested. I don't want him to be, to, to be excommunicated from, from Twitch. Now, of course I'm allowed to respond to which I said, I didn't ask your opinion. I'm sticking with this one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, that's the way it used to be. You could say how you feel. I could say how I feel. Then we'll go grab a bite to eat. Yeah, you, you, it wasn't so where you were walking on edge. Yeah. Right. So I'm watching something. I can't think of what it was. Some YouTube video or something. And um, there's music on it, and it's rap. And I, I don't have a, a, a hate for a rap. In fact, I like some rap if it's clean and if it gives a, a good point, a good meaning, a good message. And the N-word's all over this song. And I'm going, hey, why is it on this show, first of all? Secondly, why is anybody buying this garbage? If the N-word is never any good, then it should never be any good. If, you, if, if I can't say it, then you shouldn't say it. If that, per, that rapper can't say because he's white, the black rapper shouldn't say it. If the N-word is no good, like I watch YouTube videos where they're actually reacting to, to, to uh, somebody else doing something extraordinary. They'll say, man, this N-word is blah, blah, blah. And the, and the guy, first of all, doesn't matter what his race is, they're going to call him the N-word anyway as if it's just this man. That's not what the word means. So at, at some point, either we're going to stop the cancellation of anybody over anything or you're cancelable for everything. It's a long way to get to the story that we're going to talk about here. I have never used this term in my life, but I know the term knuckle dragger. I know that term. And to me, it means you're a Neanderthal or a caveman. I never, ever, ever, never, ever thought it had a racial component. Carrie, go ahead. From USA Today, a Memphis TV station says it's investigating and will take appropriate action after its meteorologist used a racial slur Saturday in a tweet about Golden State Warriors star Draymond Green following Game 3 of the Memphis Grizzlies-Warriors playoff matchup. Fox 13 Memphis Chief Meteorologist Joey Sulipak, who is white, tweeted the following according to the Memphis Commercial Appeal. And chew on this. Draymond runs his knuckle-dragging open mouth all game long, but mild-mannered Kyle Anderson disputes one call and gets ejected. Next-level jackassery. Sulipak deleted the tweet after he was met with criticism and later deleted his entire Twitter account. During Saturday's Memphis Grizzlies game, meteorologist Joey Sulipak tweeted a comment that does not reflect the values of Fox 13. The station wrote in a statement that was tweeted Monday evening, we take this matter very seriously and will take appropriate action pending a full investigation. There can be varied meanings of the phrase knuckle-dragging, including referring to Neanderthal and cavemen, but also recalls racist tropes used to compare black people to apes. Fox 13 Memphis has not yet responded to USA Today's sports request for an update on the ongoing investigation. According to the Memphis Commercial Appeal, before deleting his Twitter account, Sulapak also tweeted, Anyone who knows me knows what I am. Race is never an issue to me. To anyone who is offended, I apologize, but there was no ill intent. First rule 
to the cancel crowd is you never apologize. He makes a mistake by apologizing. I understand why he did, because he's probably going to lose his job. Yeah. And if he's going to save his job, the first step of saving his job is to not apologize, or is to apologize. I understand that. I know who Kyle Anderson is because Kyle Anderson used to be a, a San Antonio Spur. Kyle Anderson is mixed race. And the mix is he's at least part black. So you're telling me that the meteorologist in Memphis who called Draymond Green a knuckle dragger or that he was dragging his knuckles is racist against one black guy but not racist against the other black guy. In fact, he was defending one black guy against another black guy. Somehow, that guy is racist. Let's break it down. I have never, listen, I have seen the old uh, cartoons that would appear in big newspapers in this country that would depict black people as apes or monkeys or some other, you know, member of that family. And it was wrong. It was disgusting. It was generally speaking by somebody on the left, generally speaking by somebody who's, who's a Democrat. But I never, I, and again, I've researched this, the history of it a lot. Um, I have never heard somebody call somebody a knuckle dragger, and that means black person. Never. I haven't. Yes, I've seen the comparison to the ape or monkey family. I've seen that, and it's disgusting. I, I rebuke that. Having said that, I've never seen somebody use the term knuckle dragging. Carrie, have you? I have not, no. Polo, knuckle dragging for black people? No. Sam? No. So, all right, so you'll say, well, it was three white people and, and, a, and a Hispanic guy. What do you guys know? All right, have you heard it out there in, in the audience? Because I haven't. Now, if you want to say he's a knuckle dragger because he's black and that's what black people do, now I get the racial component. If he says knuckle dragging N-word, the N-word is the racial component, not the knuckle dragging, I get that. And again, I'm, a, I'm somebody who uses words for a living, a wordsmith. <laughs> is that too much? Yes, I'm a, it's way I'm a too wordsmith. much. <laughs> so, way too much. I'm somebody who uses words for a living, and um, I think I would know even the most outside the, the norm, outside the vernacular reference of knuckle-dragging if it meant somebody's race. So, so I don't understand it. And what bothers me about the story, read the first line again. Do you still have it up? I do. The first line is so unjournalistic, it bothers me. Go ahead. A Memphis TV station says it's investigating and will take appropriate action after its meteorologist used a racial slur Saturday in a tweet about Golden Stop. State. Stop right there. Is that true? Is that what you just read? Is mm. that true? Or is that what somebody says happened? Well, that's what somebody says has happened. The reporter literally in that story you just read says after the meteorologist used a racial slur. I mean, that's a conclusion, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is that reporting? I don't know. I'm going to say no to the report. Would you think that's reporting? I would say no. Right, because they're making a conclusion that it was, in fact, a racial slur. The reporter is making that conclusion. So whoever it was that said it's a racial slur, they've got to refer to that person. After this person on Twitter said he used a racial slur. After that person from Golden State said he used a racial slur. Because that, again, to me, somebody who uses the English language as, as a job in my living, I know it's not, not in any, any former context I've ever used. Draymond Green is a roughhouser. He's somebody that he went to, Sag, he, he's from Saginaw, Michigan. 
He went to MSU. I think that Tom Izzo did a good job of controlling him. Um, Steve Kerr does an okay job uh, with the Warriors, and I haven't watched any basketball in three or four years, so I don't know if he's still getting technical fouls every game, but he's a rough player. Some would say he's a dirty player. Charles Barkley, who was a really dirty player, called him a dirty player. So here's a guy who acts like a Neanderthal. He acts like a caveman when he's out there, and he's out there starting trouble as if he doesn't know any better. What does that have to do with his race? 80% of the NBA is black. This guy was talking about one specific player who is a roughhouser. I'm confused by it. But again, the guy, in my opinion, makes it, because he listen, Carrie, I think he's getting fired anyway. I do too. So yeah. why apologize? What, what, did, what did that do? He should have st- stood up for himself, come on shows like mine or on, on other conservative shows or other shows that understand the English language and explain. I was talking about the way the guy plays and how, how nasty he is and how he's always getting in fights and in people's faces and yelling and screaming. I'm not talking about his race. How stupid. Kyle Anderson's also black who I just held up on high. I mean, the society can stop this. We just say pass the potatoes. Oh, he made a racial slur. And the guy's answer should have been, no, I didn't. Pass the potatoes. Done. Because to be racist or to use a racial slur has to refer to the person's race. And he doesn't. Unless you're telling me, unless the, unless the, the word police is telling me that knuckle dragging somehow refers to black people, and I don't think so. The black people I know don't drag their knuckles. So at some point, we've got to stand up to the BS and say, no, 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 I'm going to stop you there. I'm not deleting my Twitter. I'm not, I don't apologize about what I said because the guy plays rough and he's going after my guy, Kyle Anderson, who I think is great. He's also happened to be black. Um, I didn't refer to his race whatsoever. And I'm going to go after this guy for acting like a Neanderthal, which is not a compliment. It's an insult. But he never once makes reference to the guy's race, skin tone, or ancestry. And I'm, so, I'm sick of it. Sick and tired. Not just sick, I'm sick and tired of it. 888-941-PAGS. 888-941-7247. JoePags.com. Your thoughts about this when we come back. This is the Joe Pags Show. Great to have you. Thanks. Your thoughts about making something racist that isn't, giving something a racial component that doesn't have one, calling Draymond Green a knuckle dragger, uh, refers to him as a caveman or a Neanderthal. Um, it doesn't refer to his race or his ancestral background at all. And it's so obvious, too. Uh, Carrie, would you agree that it's obvious that the guy's not racist because he's holding Kyle Anderson up on high? Well, I would say yes. How could you be for one and against one if you're a racist? I mean, racists don't like anybody who's the race that they're complaining about. It just seems to be stupid. And at some point, we have to be able to say, well, we'll bring it. Like somebody came at me on Twitter yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. And this is like some conservative person. And I I forget it was. Somebody tweeted that, I don't know, a high-profile lefty blocked them or something. I didn't tweet it. I just retweeted it. And a person gets into, into the, the thread and says, well, Pags, uh, a little hypocrisy there, huh? I've seen you block people for no reason whatsoever. You're a hypocrite. And you, you know what my answer was? Well, oh, I'm sorry about that. I apologize. Let me shut no, my Twitter off. I'm sure that wasn't your answer. No, what, do you think, what do you think my answer was? 
them like kiss your butt or I, I didn't go there. No, the first answer usually is, and I hope that they're smart enough to understand it. My first answer is, all right, tell me specifically what happened. Mm. Tell me what explain my hypocrisy to all of the world on Twitter right now and go. Yeah. Give me one example. I went back several hours. The guy never responded. Because it's easier to say whatever you feel like saying. And then if people are weak-kneed or weak-minded, they'll say, I'm sorry, I really didn't mean that. Let me delete my social media. And again, I get where this guy is. Somebody at the station said that what he said was racist. He was afraid to lose his job, so he apologized. I'm sorry for anybody who was offended. And then deleted his social media, and he's probably going to be fired anyway. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got Amber Athey, who we had on this program, who who said that uh, Kamala Harris looked like she was working for UPS. What can Brown do for you? Obviously, not very much. Brown always referred to the UPS outfit, and her outfit was UPS Brown that night at the, at the State of the Union. She could have said, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have said that. How dare I? What the hell was I thinking? Instead, she didn't say that. They fired her, and she came out fighting. She came out punching. Appeared on Tucker, came on my show, went on Hannity probably. At least she went everywhere and said, no, I'm not going to stand for this because it wasn't racist. And, and that's the thing. And I really want those watching and listening to understand this. If you think that somebody is racist and you call them racist, why would they deny it? Really? Because people aren't using their brain. Let that sink in. Let's say, and listen, there's racism out there. There's racism on all ends. It's not just white on black. It's black on white and Hispanic is in there. Everybody's racist. There's a very small component of racists or racism within all of the, the demographic groups that I can name. Right. And again, the vast majority are not racist, but there's going to be a small percentage that's going to be racist. Why would the person pretend that he's not? Racists are proud of it. Racists believe it. They think they're better than the person of the race that they're complaining about. So if you confront them with it, like a David Duke, they probably would just admit it. Why wouldn't they? They're proud of it. So they are. BLM, Black Lives Matter, the organization is a bunch of racist idiots and they hate heterosexual people. And they hate the nuclear family. They admit it. At least give them credit that they admit it. They're not denying it. They're racist people. Racists will always tell you about their racism. And they'll be consistent in the racism. Guys don't like Draymond Green and how he plays the game. Thinks he's a Neanderthal or a caveman. Calls him a knuckle dragger. Suddenly he's a racist and has to apologize to those who are offended. I don't give a crap if you're offended by what I say. Let me say that again. If you're offended by what I say, switch the channel now. If you're offended by what I look like, don't look at me. If you're offended by the music I sing, don't hear it. I'm not going to apologize to you. <laughs> that would be stupid. Stupid. Carrie, add anything to that? You got anything for that, Chocolate Boys? No, I think I'm good. Thought I'd put it right out there. Mm-hmm. Chris, Minnesota, let's go. How you doing, Joe? Living the dream. Hey, uh, I've been in uh, aircraft maintenance for 20-plus years working on airplanes, and most crew chiefs are always called knuckle-draggers because their hands are tore up. We've been called that forever. What a racist, a racist, what a racist bunch of people you guys are. How dare you? Apologize right now. Our hands are always tore up because we're always on the <laughs> pavement. You know? Right. right. I mean, I, but, but you're not allowed <laughs> to say it. If somebody hears you say that and they call you a racist, what would you say to them? I'd laugh. I'm like, I've been called that my whole life. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. Hey, listen, I, I, I don't think I've ever been called that. I don't think. 
But if somebody called me that, Carrie, I would think they would think that I was just a big doofus mm-hmm. who sort of hunched over when I walked because I'm like a caveman. Right. I never would have thought, to, how dare you call me a black guy? No, I would, it's just stupid. It's stupid. And if I could talk to this, this meteorologist, I would tell him, put your Twitter back up, be proud of who you are, and stand up for the fact that you are not a racist guy. Because clearly he's not if he's a supporter of Kyle Anderson. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Liz Harrington from the Trump Organization next. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady on. She is with the, the Trump, I don't know if you call it the Trump campaign or you call it the Trump organization, but either way, it's Liz Harrington, who's a great spokesperson for the former president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Liz, how are you? Good to see you. Hey, Joe. I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, what a great time it was the other night. You and I didn't have a chance to sort of catch up and hang out at all, but there were hundreds of people at Mar-a-Lago, and I brought my mom, whose birthday is today. She's uh, celebrating a very monumental birthday, and uh, she was just thrilled. What a great night that was, right? It was absolutely amazing. I mean, nobody knows how to throw a party like Donald J. (laughs) Trump at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, there's a thousand people there. Um, it was absolutely immaculate. I mean, everything, it was such a great time, but most importantly, I mean, it was a great movie and it was a great event to get the word out because it's being totally censored by the mainstream fake news media. And they're not shining a light on this massive fraud that is ironclad proof. By the way, true, the vote solved a murder. I mean, they should they should be getting press coverage just for that. Right. I mean, they solved a murder in Atlanta. The the stuff that they found and discovered is so amazing, and it's crickets. Um, but it was a great group, uh, amazing patriots, all in one place. You know, it's actually really nice to be around a bunch of people that are like, hey, great job, like tweeting about election fraud. Right. <laughs> because nobody nobody says that to you anymore because oh, you're not allowed to talk about right. that, and it's. It was just really refreshing. And like President Trump said um, last week, you know, I want you to watch this movie. It might make you a little depressed, but more importantly, I want you to do something about it. And I think that was the real takeaway. That was the key. We've got True the Vote and Dinesh D'Souza. They've given you the evidence. They've shown it to you. Right. Now it's up to us to really root it out and fix it and, and hold people accountable. For those who didn't see the movie, something that you just said is really vital. There was a, a little girl, was she nine years old, that was killed uh, at that what used to be the Wendy's in Atlanta. And through the same exact scientific geolocating data, they were able to find out who could be responsible. And they arrested a couple of people. So they literally did solve a murder. But you've got people who allegedly are fact checkers from the AP and PolitiFact and you know, the Washington Post and all these idiots who are doing all they can to try to refute what the movie said. Now, none of these fact checkers say they got it wrong. They just say they were using incorrect science or it's an improbability that um, that all of these people were somehow stuffing them out. Or, or why can't people be in the same sort of area as a drop box and not really be stuffing the ballot box? Liz, we've got co- corresponding corroborating video to where these people were as they were doing it. They're wearing gloves. They're taking pictures of stuffing the ballot so that they'll get paid. And the left is still trying to deny it. But you'll notice they never say... It's completely uh, fiction. It's wrong. It couldn't have happened. They say, well, 
Not completely true. Partly false. How do you respond to that? I mean, the left and the establishment right, by the way, are both going after this movie and the fact that basically True the Vote and Dinesh D'Souza just uncovered what really happened in 2020. Well, they did, and nobody actually wants to dig in and touch it. Like you said, these these fact checks, I mean, they're, they're nothing of the kind. It's just to get the headline out there to, to smear the movie and say, oh, no, this has been debunked. It's, it's information warfare. That's what they've been doing from the very beginning. Right. Oh, no, no, that's been debunked. Um, all the courts threw that out. Well, the courts didn't actually hear the evidence. And this is real evidence. It's the same tactic. And they're saying they're not showing the evidence. And my, my favorite thing about that Associated Press, they're, first they're, they say, oh, it, it could be cab drivers, you know, in the middle of the night, like <laughs> right. at one in the morning. <laughs> it could Going be to drop boxes, yeah. Could be that. But they're like, there's no evidence that there was widespread ballot trafficking. But even if there was, who's to say they weren't for Trump? Right. Who's that's what Liz. That's what was going on. I went to bed at at eleven, twelve, one o'clock, whatever it was. He was winning in Georgia. He was winning in Arizona. He was winning in Michigan. He was winning in Wisconsin. He was winning. He was. He was. I was like, hey, good. Another four years. I woke up the next day and a bunch of Trump ballots got stuffed in ballot boxes. So he lost. I don't think so. And it's interesting because I've had Rudy Giuliani in this show thirty times, just talking about the specific evidence he had through affidavits and through uh, eyewitness testimony that there was fraud going on, and the left is right that the judges didn't take any of the cases on, but they must have, they must have been afraid to. They never listened to the cases, and as Dinesh says in the movie very well, they didn't judge these cases on the merits. They just refused to listen to them. Why do you think that is? Because they, they all had one mission in mind. It was get rid of Donald J. Trump. Yeah. It didn't matter. It was ends justify the means. And, you know, so many people, I think, were just, you know, following orders and doing what they were told to do. Um, and so many people looked the other way and, and were cowards and didn't want to do the courageous right thing. When you have the media, when you have the establishment, the, the courts, I mean, every, the entire world against you. And they were just cowards. They put their head in the sand. And then, of course, you had corruption. I mean, right. look at Brian Kemp. And this is why we're doing, uh, there's this amazing bus tour out for David Perdue, and the people are saying, we are sick and tired of the corruption. And I think this really, we would have never realized how corrupt it was uh, if, I mean, it's so unfortunate, it's so awful, look what's happening to our country now. But if this hadn't happened, I don't think we would have realized just how bad it was. And and President Trump really is uh, responsible for that. He shined such a light on this. And you know, at the end of the day, they're they're never going to be able to move, be able to get past this. Right. They're just not because the people aren't, and it's not going to go away. The numbers are never going to add up for Joe Biden. He did not get 81 million votes, and more and more people. And thanks to Dinesh, and thanks to Catherine Engelbrecht um, at True the Vote, and Greg Phillips, and the work they did in really exposing such a huge chunk of the fraud. By no means all of it, because keep in mind. A lot of this fraud was on the front end, which is the most amazing thing to me. They had to stop the count because all of that built-in fraud with the phantom votes and the phony mail-in ballots still wasn't enough to beat President Trump. They had to stop the count. I'm 55 now. I've never in my life seen them stop counting the votes on election night. I've never seen that before this election. Every network, I don't care how far left or how right, was calling it for Trump, basically. They didn't say he won, but they said, well, it doesn't look good for Biden tonight. 
and they just stopped the count. They made up a fake leak or a water main break in Atlanta yeah. that never happened. Then we see something being pulled out from under tables once the media is kicked out. There was so much evidence of it going on. It's Liz Harrington, by the way, uh, DonaldJTrump.com. She is uh, she's uh, the president, former president spokesman. Um, and the thing about that election, which boggles my mind, is Trump got what ten million more votes than Obama's reelection campaign. And Obama was one of the most popular uh, um, uh, presidents we've had vote-wise in history. He got more votes than any incumbent president in the history of the country and lost by seven or eight million? Come on. It's such a lie. That's to a guy that never left his basement. Big lie. Exactly right. And he won 18 out of 19 bellwether counties. He won all the bellwether states. And it's really unheard of since the 1800s. I think it's since, since the Civil War. You've never had an incumbent president gain votes and lose re-election. Obama right. lost 3 million votes right. in 2012 and won re-election easily. They were looking at if you gain maybe 2 million, uh, President Trump easily wins. Yeah. He gained 12 million votes. It's just unheard of. And it's because the American people turned out for President Trump and they were so sick and tired of the swamp and they and they were rewarding him for doing an amazing job in his first term. They just had to dig so low and so deep to try to steal this election and they're still trying to get away with it when everyone knows, I'm sorry, the guy that literally can't leave his house now without hearing let's go Brandon. Right. He got the most pre votes in history. Yeah, impossible. <laughs> It, 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 everyone knows yeah. something was wrong. And the great thing about this movie is now you can actually prove a lot of it. And it, yeah. it and it's so determinative. I mean, all of these states would have flipped 10 times over. You're talking about Georgia, 11,779 votes. Arizona, 10,457 votes. Wisconsin's 22,000 votes. I mean, there's more than enough fraud here right. that would have absolutely... Uh, it was stolen. That's well, well, you, well, you and I agree. And make sure you follow her on Twitter as well. Liz Harrington, she puts out these great press releases from the president. She does great tweets herself as well. Um, a, a couple of endorsements just today. I want to get into that in a minute. But I had my mother with me. And, and she's the only person, by the way, Liz, that can call me Joey. Don't call me Joey Harrington. Um, <laughs> but, but she said, Joey, after we watched the movie, watch the premiere. Why, why is this allowed? Why is nobody being arrested? Why, why do we just continue in life as if this didn't happen? And, and she's not scientific. I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but watching how they laid it out, it's very easy to understand that, in fact, if what they said in the movie is correct and they have scientific to, you know, basis to back it up, then it was stolen. It's, just, it's a great question she asked. She's the average voter, Liz. Why can't we do something? Now, I know that you and I want us to make sure that 2022 doesn't go the same way, and now that we've exposed it, hopefully it won't, and then 2024 will be fair as well. But what can you do retrospectively to people who did these things? Can't we track the money? Who was giving out the ballots? Where these people came from? Can't we arrest the, the alleged mules? What do we do? Absolutely. And if the FBI wasn't so corrupt, they would have yeah. done that already. And they're using the same technology to go after January 6th protesters. Why aren't they using this technology to go after the biggest organized crime uh, against the American people, I believe, in history? I mean, and they have all the receipts. And the amazing thing, True the Vote is going to release all of it. Awesome. And that's what's going to make all these uh, fact checkers look even more stupid. Because right. they have the identities of these mules, and more importantly, because they're on the low end of the totem pole. They just traffic in the ballots. Right. Who collects them? Where do they stash them? These nonprofits, these liberal left-wing groups. I mean, law enforcement should be doing it. What should we do? We should put the pressure on them. But if you're not going to do it, 
expose it and shame them so it will never happen again. Because, I mean, and we're worried, obviously, because next time they'll just leave their cell phones at home. (laughs) They won't be tracked. We have to have accountability. People that broke and violated election laws have to be arrested. I'm sorry. This is our votes. This is our country. And look what they're doing with the power that they have no right to hold. And we have baby formula shortages. I mean, this is insane. Yeah, it is. We're a third world country. They destroyed our border. They destroyed our economy. They gave away Afghanistan. And they started, they're trying to start World War III. They're sending all of our tax dollars to Ukraine. And the American people here are suffering. It is, people have to wake up and say, No. Well, I think people no. on both sides are waking up, and you're seeing that as well. It's Liz Harrington, spokesperson for, for uh, former President Trump, the 45th president of the United States. A couple of things that you said are vitally important. They use the same geo-tracking technology to catch those who were rioting on January 6th. I guess it was good science then. It was exact science then. In 2018, Chief Justice John Roberts said, this is very precise science. This is very good science. And also... Uh, we've got this same exact technology that was used to track people who were in contact. This contact tracing was right. used through geo, you know, spotting people with their cell phones. If you were in contact with somebody with COVID-19, the government was tracking you through this same exact technology. How can they possibly shoot holes in it now? It makes no sense. Exactly. Which, by the way, seems totally unconstitutional. It is. I mean, what, the what Fourth is Amendment this? means something, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. I mean, because that's the government doing this. I mean, we're all being tracked, and this. Uh, data is available, but it's very expensive. Right. And so that's what True the Vote did. They bought it. Uh, it. It's for sale. You are for sale through marketing. And um, everywhere you've been is for sale. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's expensive for a reason because it's very accurate. And the government wouldn't be using it to go after a bunch of, you know, many were very peaceful protesters yes. on January 6th. But to go after everyone and their grandmother on January 6th, they're using this technology. It must be pretty darn accurate right and that's what true the vote did and that's why they can't they really have to ignore it i mean there are a handful that we mentioned these fact checks that really can't even touch it because it's so ironclad they just have to try to ignore it but we can't let that happen we have 2000mules.com everyone needs to see this movie all your friends need to see this movie and then truethevote.org they're going to release all the data you can take that data and then go to your local community and say, hey, are our local elections secure? Right. I bet you they aren't. And, and that, that's the question to ask. We, we, the voters, need to know that our vote will count. A lot of conservatives right. have said, Pags, I don't know that I'm going to go and vote because I don't think my vote counted in 2020. That's not the right answer. It's go not. and vote. Make sure, that you, yeah, make sure that your voice is heard. It's Liz Harrington, spokesperson for for, former President Trump. Go to DonaldJTrump.com. Only got a couple, of, uh, a couple of minutes left here, but I've got to ask you, how do you keep up with this guy? I've interviewed him like 11 times now. We have a very good relationship, but he is he is completely on his game at all times. Uh, I'm going to fly into Pennsylvania, fly back out, go to Dallas, fly back out, go to Austin, fly back out, go to go to Colorado, fly back. He's he's not even campaigning yet, and I'm guessing that he will eventually, but how do you keep up with him? Is he just 3 o'clock in the morning, you get a call, Liz, I need this. I mean, how does that work? It's amazing. I mean, it's honestly the most fun I've ever had. And, and it's right. It's not, a, he's not a candidate right now, right. but he's nonstop. I mean, he's been so busy. I've been working for him uh, almost a year now yeah. and it's been such an amazing ride and he's such a great boss. Uh, he's, he's just such a great person and he, he loves it. He really feeds off of it. And he's, I think he's been like that his entire life. That's why he was so successful before he came 
became president right. and he's just he's just a doer and he's always moving you're right i mean so anybody else would have canceled that rally in Pennsylvania. The, the, the weather, the weather Trump, was horrible, yeah. I mean, it was, but there were still over 10,000 people. There were maybe 20,000 people <laughs> in the pouring rain all day. Like, it was miserable. It was awful. I mean, I was going to try to go to it, and my great friend, uh, Christina Bob, said, do not come. It's awful. That doesn't <laughs> stop President Trump. I mean, right. he's going to stand out there for two hours. Uh, you can't read the teleprompter whatsoever, and he and it was probably my favorite speech he's given. It's better when he's on the when he leaves the teleprompter. That's it. It's a show. But Let's go. I just, yeah, I just love it, and yeah. everyone loves it, and that's why the movement I think is so much stronger even today than it was in 2020, than it was in 2016 because of that energy. He just loves the country, and yeah. that's that's really contagious. Um, and and it's a, a hell of a ride. But what is the uh, what is the process to get an endorsement from him? Two or three more came out today. He's doing endorsements around the country. He was twenty two for twenty two the other night on like uh, big primary night. Um, but but there's got to be a process. I think that if nothing else, he found out when he took office that loyalty isn't really what it is, and that people will lie to your face in politics. So what has he done now to better vet the people that he's going to put his name behind? Well, there's a lot of different process that goes on, but at the end of the day, it's always his decision yeah. and it's his call. And so there is, you know, vetting that goes on. But at the end of the day, you know, look at look at someone like J.D. Vance. I mean, the vetting right. file wasn't that great. I right. mean, and he's acknowledged that J.D.'s acknowledged that. So um, it, it's ultimately no matter how like great your process is, it's a it's a gut feeling. It's a personal feeling. It's um, maybe a political feeling sometimes. It, it just depends on the candidate because candidates matter and it's very, it depends on the race. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately it's, it's a man named Donald J. Trump and it's, it's his process and it's his call. And I think, I mean, what he's 55 and 0 this year, something like Texas, that. Yeah. Ohio 56, because we had the great uh, Ohio guy that <laughs> right. writes Trump in the lawn. Right. Absolutely fantastic. He was at NRCC, uh, last night on Monday night. Um, it, it's incredible. And he really does have kind of a gut feeling for a lot of these things. And it's all America first. I mean, cause you're right. I mean, one of the things he talks about constantly is like, look, look at a guy like Brian Kemp. Right. I got that guy elected. Not that he owes anything to me, but he owes something to the country. He owes something to Georgia right. and you can't let your, your, your country be stolen. Uh, you can't, and it's so corrupt. So right. I think he has learned um, in those instances and, you know, he moves forward and yep. he keeps pushing and man, that endorsement is so powerful. I can tell you everybody wants. Oh, it. they do. I can't imagine the, the calls and the emails and everything that he gets constantly. It's Liz Harrington. Go and follow her on social media. Also, she is a spokesperson for the former president, the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Go to donaldjtrump.com and Liz, we just took out like 17 minutes and I, I could do another two hours with you. Come back on soon, will you? Absolutely, Joe. I appreciate you. All right. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. We really appreciate Liz Harrington coming on. Much more to come. Tracy Beans next hour. And your calls, too. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.